Everybody's here in the house, in the hizzy, on the Verbal Nectar Podcast, hanging out in the movie dojo with your boy, Fat Samurai Guy, chilling with the cast and the director from the Crow Night Watch short film, What Is Going On? I am happy that you guys are here to hang out with us today. How is everybody doing? Kyle, how you doing, brother? I'm good. I need some sleep. You need some sleep? (laughs) (laughs) We got in the house, Alex, that's right. Uh, she's under the weather. She will recover because she's strong. She's badass, just like her character in the movie. <laughs> she didn't really have. To, she didn't really have to act. That was that's her in real life. That's right. Don't mess with her. All right. She's pretty good with a shotgun. So we have Alex here, who played the character of Isabel. We have Aaron. That's right, the badass villain who plays Eddie. And we have Jasmine, who is the co-writer and action director as well. And and and, and Kyle, he 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 had he had some uh, you know some tips. And how to make the movie. You know, he's here. <laughs> I just stood around and yelled at people. Yeah, he just sat around and yelled at people. There we go. But it is awesome to have all of you here in the Crow Night Watch party we got going today. Oh, we got the Movie Dojo Army showing up here in chat right now. What's going on? We got Vionel here, Mia G, Nase, uh, Trado in the house, John Martinez, Evelina, oh yeah, Ethan, Jake Hall. The badasses are slowly trickling in. To, uh, to hang out with us, and we're, we're going to have some fun today talking movies, action movies. Before we get into the Crow Night Watch, I want to know, Kyle, favorite action movie, go, right now. I'm putting you guys on the spot. Oh. SPL oh, Paradox. What is it? Flat out. SPL 1 and SPL Paradox. Okay, That's it. okay, we can cheat. We'll throw in two. We'll cheat. <laughs> All right. That shares my number one. All right, Aaron, two of your favorite action oh. movies, go. <laughs> Oof, um, Frozen? (laughs) (laughs) Did you you just say Toy Story? No, 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 no. Holy Story. Oh. Toy Story. Toy Story is good, too. Okay, Police Story. (laughs) Police Story? Do you have another one? Uh, That's the only one I can think of right now. Hey, that's perfect. You can't get any better than that. Jasmine. Mm -hmm. Oh, that is so hard, but I always think it's like, oh man, you're asking the action editor? Fuck. Um, probably Fong Sei Up 1 and 2. Woo! That's what I'm talking about. The Legend of Fong Sei Up 1 and 2. Yep. Those are classics. Yep. Alex, fav- some of your favorite action movies. Oh my god. Um, <laughs> I'm so basic. <laughs> I'm so basic. I was just going to say, like, Rush Hour. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. If you said Rush Hour 3, I would have been concerned. But no, Rush Hour is fine. That's fine. That's acceptable. Awesome. Awesome. All right. So 
did you let's get into it a little bit here uh inspirations so kyle we'll leave you for last all right uh aaron what inspired you to kind of get into the the film or tv industry or martial arts stuntman industry what is, what was some of your inspirations inspirations um, besides police story <laughs> <laughs> i guess it's just um because i'm very new to this industry yeah. i i was like because i've just graduated uh, from uni i think it was two years yeah two years ago and i was looking for a job and i just somehow uh found myself being an extra in one of a hallmark film all right hey <laughs> you gotta start somewhere and nothing wrong with that yeah and like i think all this they're looking for chinese people so i'm like oh is this a sign let me sign up and that's how i got into to it and then someone told me to join um a facebook group in winnipeg just like uh post they, they post casting notice and that's how i found cow i shoot my shot and here i am <laughs> nice love it love it awesome jasmine what's some of your inspirations that inspired you to be a writer and all that oh man and that's, action director that's a big question <laughs> um well first it was just sort of being a fan you know growing up with those like classic chinese action films um and then sort of i just noticed a trend that i didn't like so much <laughs> um sort of with what Hollywood was doing with action films. I understand mm. that it had to do with like cost and everything, but they just wanted, they didn't want to take the time to train everybody to the level that they used to. Um, and then, so, you know, the action scenes were starting to seem strange to me and they didn't have the narrative backing anymore. Um, so it was just sort of like, I missed that. Um, yeah. And then also just, I guess in general, there was also, you know, there wasn't as much representation for, women anymore so there was also a gap there that i really wanted to fill and it was sort of like you know you have to write the roles like the roles have to be there it doesn't matter if there's people willing to play the role if the yeah. role doesn't exist so i had to that was sort of like i need to write it myself um and then just to yeah like fill that uh gap that i was seeing for representation and also as somebody who really understands how martial arts and action can carry a narrative um because that was also sort of missing you had these we have these really really good storytellers that you know might not understand what a weight shift means in an engagement um so you know if you were even if you're a really good director if you don't understand how martial arts work or how fighters think then how right. are you supposed to direct the audience's attention so exactly. i realized i also had to direct as well it was like i need to be able to get that performance out of my actors because it's not just being able to do the cool stunt move i right. also need you to get that i need you to get the emotion of it um so yeah that was sort of yeah. where i was like well i gotta do that i guess because i don't see anybody else doing it <laughs> yeah yeah you need emotional content yes not anger what movies i mean from? it is there yes what movies like, that from kyle don't say add, anything what movies that from? anyone answer but me aaron <laughs> if you hmm? fail this answer, what, what movie is that from what line friends? The line I just said, you know, I'm no, slap you when you get back. <laughs> <laughs> this is my Bruce Lee from Into the Dragon. That's all. That's all. That's all. It's all oh. good. I'll let it pass. You said you like police story. I'll let it pass. All right. <laughs> that's awesome, Jasmine. That is awesome. Keep doing your thing. I'm rooting Thank for you. you. I'm in your corner. Thanks. Alex, what inspired you to become an actress and get in there? 
I think I've always been a drama queen. <laughs> that is like the greatest answer ever. That is like perfect. Yeah, go ahead. Done. No. Uh, yeah. Since since I was uh like in, in high like not in when I was in regular school like the little people school. what's it called I don't know what the little people school elementary is. school yeah I, when, when I was in the elementary school okay. <laughs> it's because when we went to school it was like grade kindergarten to grade 12 so we didn't have it split up right so i didn't okay. know what it was called okay. um yeah but when i went to school i was always in like little plays and then when i was growing up i just wanted to do so many things whenever there's a job i was like oh i want to do that job i want to do this job i want to do this and then i realized when i graduated high school i was like wait i could do all of that if i was acting i could be anything anywhere anytime and it really intrigued me and i've been um Heavily, heavily pursuing, pursuing it since. Yeah, awesome, awesome. I like that. She, she got the bug, man. She got the bite. <laughs> That's it. Hey, you keep doing it. I'm rooting for you as well. But you know, I already made uh, uh, arrangements with Kyle. Uh, he's gonna have me in his next movie, and uh, you know, it's 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 all arranged. You know, Aaron's gonna kill me on screen. You know, Jasmine's gonna do the action director part of it. So you know, it's all it's all it's all written yeah, in I'll stone. Sure Kyle, you knew this, right? Yep. Okay. <laughs> What'd you say, Jasmine? I said, yeah, I'll make sure that your death looks spectacular. Sweet. <laughs> yes. Yeah, no no death off screen stuff. No, no, we're going to show everything now. Yeah, yes. that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> Kyle, inspirations, my friend. Definitely was growing up watching Bruce Lee and Jackie Chan movies and Jet Li movies. And right around when I was like in high school, I wanted to be a filmmaker, but there was... I didn't have a camera or anything else. And then once I got into university and I actually bought like a handy cam and made my very first film and <laughs> no one's ever going to see that. Shut up, Aaron. I know what you're thinking. Shut up. <laughs> but uh, no. You'll show us when we're, when we're not live. You'll, you'll show us. No, 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 no. I, I'm going to show it on my at my funeral. So that way everyone just locks the door and everyone has to suffer during the eulogy and watch this final film. But no, um, what happened is, was I chose to actually want to pursue my filmmaking career of just learning how everything was done properly. So actually going to university, learning about how shots were done, how to organize everything, and even trying to figure out my own way of filmmaking and communicating with the crew just throughout my web series, other short films. And then in between like Vendetta and the line, Jazz and I, we were working together. And then after the line, Jazz and I really sat down and really talked to each other about what did we want as a goal for our own films, our own stories, and how we needed to make sure that the stories, the characters, and just the film overall product need to be good for everyone to know that this is what we want to put out there but everyone just wants to go with what's cool now and everything else we're basically not doing that we just right, wanted right. a good product that everyone could just sit back and say you know what this was good let's spread it out there as much as we can and but other than that like we did date nights Man, that was two years ago. <laughs> Can't oh, believe man. that. Like, wait, was it? I feel like it was longer than that. But like, yeah. No, it was two years ago in 2019. Wow. 
what? And we I did that in winter COVID also. just like messed up with my sense of time for like everything. <laughs> that was a year ago? No, that was two years ago. Two years ago where we did that in winter also. And that was Jazz's first directorial debut for her okay. film. And all right. And basically her first also acting wise. Uh, yeah. I mean, I'd done like tiny other things. Like mm-hmm. I've done classes and stuff. But yeah, that was definitely also yeah. an acting debut for me. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. That- and uh, basically... so much like so much respect uh to Kyle because I did the we did we both did the like directing and acting at the same time and that's like so hard to do. Yeah, honestly, yeah. like but mostly i I made sure that she knew exactly what she wanted in her film that once we started working on Nightwatch, we knew that yeah. what and we'll get into it. It's like we knew that this film had to be something that we wanted to be not near perfect, but just enough that we were satisfied that we did something different to the, the whole series and in, in general. And right. honestly, like right. that's what we want to keep doing is just keep trying to do something different while having memorable moments that are worth like watching over and over again. Yeah. Right. There you go. That's what I'm talking about. Nice. Love it. Love it. So I've, you know, got a chance to watch the crow night watch. It was Garbage. Oh my God. It was the worst thing I've ever seen. No. Loved it. Loved it. Loved but, but, it. Was it worse than Wicked Prayer? <laughs> oh God. Those crow sequels don't exist. <laughs> anyway. Uh, <laughs> but the crow Night Watch does. That's what I'm talking about. No, I really, really, really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. Props to all of you. You guys were awesome in it. You guys were badasses. That's right. And I really, really enjoyed it, and we're going to get into it here. I got some shots here. Hold on one second. Yeah, really, really enjoyed it. It scratched the itch. That's right. That's our thing here. It scratched the action itch. I was pleased. And uh, what again, going back to what you just said, Kyle, I liked it because it was different. You know, because I've seen other Crow projects, and it's the exact same thing over and over and over again. Right. You know, but I love the mask in this movie, man. It's got a little bit of the... Five Deadly Venoms vibe to it. Like, I, you know, I like how it's totally different. It's inspired by The Crow, but you guys are doing your own thing with it. And that, you know, going back to what Jasmine kind of said earlier, kind of poked at, that's what we need more of in Hollywood. You know what I mean? Something, maybe take inspirations, yeah, but yeah. let's use those inspirations, but let's make our own thing and make it memorable and badass, right? Yeah. We need more of that, right? That's what we need. Yes. Yeah. yeah, so let's go ahead and get into talking about this. This is a, this is a lot of fun. So, chat, Movie Dojo Army, everybody watching. That's right. Make sure you check out the Crow Night Watch. I'm plugging it early, son. We ain't got to wait to the end. I'm that excited. All right. Make sure you guys check it out. And then uh, Kyle will reveal some interesting information at the very end, towards the end. And then you guys will have some more fun with that. Uh, but, yeah, so let's go ahead and go look at some photos here. Have some fun checking this out here. Yep. All right. So inspirations again. Segway. So let's go ahead and click on this, and Kyle, you can take it away. Definitely. So, so we got a uh, shout out to Lauren who plays Caitlin. She did a great job in the film as well. So let's take a look at this. So go ahead, Kyle. basically, this was a uh, this the side by side comparison is Caitlin um, from the comic, and we definitely made something different. With her originally, Jazz and I, or Jazz, was it me that actually came up with the idea of making her almost half Asian? Uh, half I'm, white? I'm pretty sure that, that was, was like, there was like sort of like racial um, 
issues that were brought up in the original comic. Yeah. Um, so it's just that we didn't have as much time to mm -hmm. sort of get into that subplot. Because uh, it has to do with the main character being like an Asian man. Um, sort of in he's well trusted or he's trusted in his community, right? The sort of Chinese immigrant community. So when he gets, you know, whatever. Murdered. I mean, it's a crow movie. He dies, okay? Spoilers, spoilers. He dies. Like, okay, it's a crow movie. What do you expect? Um, so his partner, who is Kaylin, uh, she, the fact that she's half makes it sort of more difficult or they're sort of, yeah, it's interesting because they don't really trust her as much. Yeah. And she's not really Chinese to them. But she is. So it's it's actually like if you know anybody who is biracial, that is, I mean, Alex is biracial. You might be able to speak on that a little bit. I sort know. of difficult place to live um, so that you you don't really feel like you're in either of these communities. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, it definitely was there in the comic and we wanted it. Um, sort of in the sort film. Of, yeah. Prevalent. Um, yeah. And but it's like because we didn't you know, we didn't have time to sort of stretch that too much. We were just like, you know, we're just going to make her a total outsider. So she's yeah. going to be white. And, yeah. and we also, like, once we casted Lauren, we discussed the fact that um, as most um, Hollywood Hollywood Asian films have done, which was the white savior trope, we definitely looked extensively about that trope of like, this is not a white savior trope. Let's make sure that we're avoiding that. But right. Because, spoiler alert, that... Alex's character actually like saves herself in the end, but more right. or less that we wanted to make sure that there was that type of character that knew about knew about the world, but even then when her the case is given to her par new partner Ken, she even entrusts Ken like, yeah, you're you're not part of this world either. So this is what you're gonna expect. And also the side fact that making Caitlin the main character for the film was was a pretty early decision we had early on, like right when we were like prepping it, um, right during the outline, I I was um, trying to figure out how do I not make Mark, the Crow character, the main character, because it is as most, most of the Crow films and the stories are always like, guy dies, guy or woman dies. Next thing I know, brought back by the Crow. Revenge, story's over. And we're just like, okay, what was, was the actual story and then when i reread the comic book oh yeah by the way daryl thanks a lot <laughs> daryl's our dop and he's the one that influenced the whole story right saying right, why right. don't you do it <laughs> i was like whatever <laughs> but i reread the whole comic from back to front to end and then <clears throat> i said okay it is caitlin that's the main character here she'll serve like as the audience guide to like understanding what's going on in the story and that's what i pitched to jazz to see how can we make this story work in that sense and then we took two weeks to outline the story and then 10 drafts later we finally came up with the proper story yeah nice. it was just uh, going from caitlin's point of view as the person who is kind of the one putting pieces together um it's she's perfect to have the like she's the one where that's discovering the universe along with the audience so it was kind of at least it seemed more interesting to us to follow her, um, at least initially, um, as opposed to Mark, because that's like, 
or like the crow character. Yeah, actually, I like that though because it makes him more his character more mysterious. Yeah, exactly. That was like absolutely that. part like of it for sure. We were yeah, like, yeah. yeah, we'll just have you. You know, he's just kind of the shadow. In it's, I guess, taking a little bit of inspiration from like creature films. You know, yeah. Um, so you just get flashes of him in the beginning. Yeah, um, nice, obviously nice, until nice. it ends it in the cool, you know, badass action part of it where you get to see all of it. But you don't want to just leading up to it. I didn't want to give away too much, right? Yeah, nice. Uh, we got a comment here from Evelina. Love the night watch. Great job, hey, everyone. You, there you go. Aww. Shout out from the comment section there. Well, thank you. Right. <laughs> thank you, Lena. All right, let's keep rocking and rolling here with some more behind the scenes photos here. Who is this badass? So, Watch out. I don't know. <laughs> All right, so this one's this one's really, really um interesting because the original comic had Mark and Anita, the the crow character, had two twin daughters, Annabelle and Catherine. So and they were actually children because the original comic had them being taken and put into a child pedophile trafficking ring. So mm -hmm. it was it was kind of hard to try and figure out, okay, we're going to do the story. What are we going to change up here? And we changed Annabelle's name to Isabel because I, I even talked to Jazz about this. Like, does Annabelle sound like a Chinese American name? And I was like, it's mostly Isabel, right? And we changed it to that where we did not want to do like two daughters. We had to do just the one daughter. And Catherine actually ended up being played by Alexis on one of the other actresses that's on the, the film. And we felt that that kind of dynamic where one gave up, which is Catherine's character, while Isabel, who's a cop's daughter, we knew that she had to be like the strong one trying to figure out how to get everyone out because yeah. like her father definitely taught her all this and she she's gonna try with her life to actually get out of it. Right. Like nonetheless. It was, uh, it was sort of a way to allude to um like Isabel and her father's relationship without having a lot of time to really build it up. So it's like, you know that she's learned from him. So it was just kind of like a subtle way to build their relationship. Yeah. And they have that foil between the two. Uh, we wanted her to just like, so having somebody who's sort of been in this horrible situation and has given up on themselves um, to have her like foiled against that. So it just sort of makes yeah. her seem a little bit more like mentally where she would be uh, having a father that she did. Well, it's nice to have a you know a sibling here, where or you know a little daughter of a main character, that's not weak and always. Yes, that was all Thank you, thank you for picking up on that. Also, why you know, like I'm so tired of seeing that. I was like, yeah, the action, the usually the male is like the hero, and he's got to save his daughter. I get it, I get it. I love Commando. Don't get me wrong, but it's nice. Or like True Lies. Yeah, True Lies. It's fine. But it's nice to see the daughter like, no, no, motherfucker, I'm on, I'm grabbing the shotgun and I'm <laughs> shooting all you motherfuckers, and I'm gonna rally all the other girls. We all gonna fight back and escape. That you know, throwing punches, rolling, all this stuff. So I was like, yeah, I saw like when she was fighting back, I was like, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. So I I, I like that. But but let's let me ask this while it's in my head really quick. Did everyone get proper gun training? Yes, yes, we did. We did. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> we went out of our way to talk to the local firearms coordinator here. So you had to go to a range, or how'd this, how'd this, how'd this uh, train so the cast our, here? 
uh, Dave Brown, who is our local firearms safety coordinator, who has done all the films that come here into Winnipeg. Um, he he obliged us to come have the whole cast and the certain crew members to, that are dealing with the firearms to come out. And we all sat in for like a good two hours so that way everyone could actually handle the firearms properly. And just even like know how to fire fire a firearm and there was like this nice like little gadget that they had where you fire at a, at a target and it shows this is how, how you're holding it this is where you're veering off and everything else right, like that right. pretty interesting and then the our props guys um let the cast members handle the firearms that they were going to be using like watching alex and alexis like handle the first shotgun and it was like pretty soon like they got used to it was it tough alex at first i remember the first scene that we shot with the shotgun and i had to run away with it (laughs) i was running with it like with one hand in the air and they were like what are you doing (laughs) and i was like i don't know how to run with a shotgun it's my first time Muzzle control, Alex. Come I on. learned. I learned how to shoot it, but I didn't learn how to run. It's pretty funny. Everyone just laughed right after I did that. I remember. Okay, I gotta share this. Oh, actually. So, someone in the chat actually asked this. Artisan seventy four oh, asked, yeah. okay. "Has James Obar seen the movie yet?" So, I'm gonna share this as of today. Okay. So. James Obar is the creator of the whole Crow series. Okay, right. I have shown it to Christopher Golden, who wrote uh, this specific one, The Crow Waking Nightmares, which we based this film off of. And he said he loved it. Whereas James Obar, that that guy is hard to get a hold of. Mm. Until last night when Jazz and I, we were hanging out. <laughs> um by the way, guys, this film was actually released last night to a certain group. Right. And James Obar actually liked it. What? All the right. The actual creator of The Crow liked this film. Yeah. <laughs> Holy wow. <laughs> nice. I'll take that as a win. <laughs> Honestly. That's yeah. a win right there. Nice. I lo- How cool is that? That's awesome. That That's pretty awesome news, yeah. man. That is awesome. Uh, also... People are asking, uh, where are we going to get that shirt? What the uh, Nightwatch shirt, Kyle? Where? <laughs> so uh, the place that actually made made this, this was actually made for the cast and crew at the time. Okay. Uh, when we were done filming just because we were going into COVID, which we'll talk about later on. But yeah, everyone that came out during the winter, that was my fault. But um, <laughs> I, I mean, the aesthetic was there. Like it was yeah. kind of worth it, but also like horrible. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the fact is, the place that I actually got these printed at actually closed down. But right. if anyone wants to rally to actually make a store where I saw Trey, Trado actually asked, where can he get the posters to? I'm like, <laughs> I'll try and figure that out because if anyone wants like merchandise of Teespring, this. Teespring, man. Teespring. Teespring. Okay, I'll need to talk to them. We'll, we'll do, talk man. later about that then. Yeah, we'll talk, we'll talk later about that. Yeah. But yeah, we'll see what we can do. Aaron, um, martial arts background. What, what is your martial arts background? Um, Muay Thai and boxing. Woo. That's all. Yeah, love it. Love that. Mm-hmm. Nice. How about you with the gun training? Was that first for you as well? Oh yeah, first time handling a gun. First time touching it. It was 
with the real love it. I'm going to start nice. getting my yes. gun license and going All to the All right. <laughs> so you, you're hooked. Nice. I'm hooked. I love guns, though. Nice. Yes, you so you're going to be the next it? John Wick, man. Yeah. You'll see videos of you on, on uh, YouTube taking out the targets. <laughs> yep. Nice. Nice. Uh, really loved your character, Aaron. I, 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 your character was, was actually kind of making me laugh, but in a good way. <laughs> like, just, just such a smarmy villain. Just really... Just like just loving every minute of being evil, <laughs> and just kind of, and you know, you had this little, you know, you smiled a few, several times, which was what was making me laugh. I was like, this guy gets it. This guy understands how to have fun playing a villain. Like I really enjoyed mm -hmm. it. Even when when uh, you know the Isabel character first takes the pistol, you were already talking shit. You know, like what are you gonna do? Like I took your dad out. Like I took your mom out. Like come on now. <laughs> like just a matter of time. Put the gun down. Get in the truck. Like you were making me laugh, man. It was, but in a good way. In a good way. I was, I was enjoying. I was enjoying you being eval and having fun with it. But yeah, let's talk about his character, Kyle. So originally, the Eddie Co character was not actually an actual character in the original comic. There was. Only the character Little Co, which is the one that's being dragged by his father. And Jazz and I knew that once we were writing this film, we were, had to figure out what... We needed like that that main henchman, that, that big henchman that would t fight everyone, whereas like the main boss is just going to run off and try and get away. So we tried to figure out who can we actually have as like this main henchman that's the main foil for... The protagonist and everyone else and like there was really no main protagonist except um as rush hour two so eloquently put it it was follow the rich white man there so in the original comic it was it was a white uh white businessman like asking for the child human trafficking if i remember correctly jazz yeah yeah that's right. yeah and we we even said that would that actually work if we did this film that way and we said no, it wouldn't, because like if this is a Asian Asian community, they would keep it within their Asian community to try and take out who's ever doing this. It should be like handled within. Whereas a rich white man would just brush it off and just say, "Yeah, I didn't do none of that. Look what's happening now." <laughs> but <laughs> but no, like we definitely wanted that, and I think I came to jazz about um, the Eddie character being a knife guy, like. Yeah seeing how like okay what exactly do we want eddie to be like proficient in and how is it going to be like this kind of sadistic person and jazz you uh, i know you have a little bit to talk about eddie on your end uh yeah it was like um we wanted that you know i guess going back to like the original crow movies where you had those sort of almost like comically evil like uh, you know, those that sort of group of people that would just tear somebody apart and love it. Um, yeah. And yeah, that really sort of sadistic type of villain. And, you know, a knife person who somebody who really, really likes fighting with knives, they're kind of like that because they need to be in your face when you're bleeding all over their hands. Like they like that feeling. So it was sort of right. There's sort of like that perfect um, level of like menace that we wanted um, and then to kind of, yeah, have sort of our main hench um, be somebody who, yeah, really sort of gets off on the violence. 
yeah. as to compare to the main character who's you know a cop and like um to see him pushed to the level where he would enjoy hurting someone but right. then pulling himself back because that's sort of the other thing that was special about this particular crow story that we liked uh, where most of it's sort of like revenge porn right like yeah this person was horribly wrong and they come back and murder everybody and it's cool and stuff but yeah um this particular character actually rejects the revenge because he once he realizes that his daughter is still alive he has something to live for and then he realizes that the actual sort of violence that sort of aggression isn't yeah. really helping him grieve like it is it's just hurting more people and right. that's what the crow wants right that's that's the whole point of that supernatural creature they just wants more souls the so this particular crow. main character yeah rejects that and so we wanted to have that sort of person to sort of at first falls into the I just want to hurt people because they hurt me um, and then have him be like, no, that's not, that's not right. And then to have him write or directly fighting somebody who embodies that type of person. Right. Copy it was just that. sort of like the perfect villain for him. Yeah. So Aaron, any, what was your inspirations for Eddie? Besides what uh, Jasmine just said, was it, was it pretty <laughs> much what she says, what you just said, or did you pick from other movie villains that you're like, let me twirl the knife while I'm sitting down here. You sent him a bunch of reference material. I did send him a bunch yeah. of references. Oh, okay. Which what did you send you, Aaron? Yeah, go ahead, Aaron. Um, yeah, I, 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 I forgot most of the, the movies that he <laughs> so said, but I watched movie. all of it. Yeah. yeah. Which one ones did you send him, Kyle? I I saw the devil. The yeah, that one's my favorite. Yeah. The Choi Min Sick character, the main villain from that one, and yeah. Killers Ooh, was yeah. another one. Uh, Japanese character, but just I want—I don't want to say it like this, but Aaron went almost full method with it because he did have the knife yeah. in his hand almost like twenty-four-seven when he was training and just enjoying feeling it and just twirling it around. Just so, so that was that the first time you used the knife in a film? Yeah, uh, Aaron, it was—it was my first time. I never would have—I never would have noticed. You were pretty <laughs> natural with it, man. Like you were just. <laughs> like I was like, oh, I I was like, oh yeah, that guy's got some nice training. <laughs> what, what did you say? He showers with it. I eat I my like meals with it. Like, go practice. Oh man, that's hilarious. Nice. That's awesome. That's pretty awesome. <laughs> pretty awesome. All right, let's talk about uh, Kyle. Let's talk about your your stunt double here. Yeah, I know that, that guy's a, that guy was an ass. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we're firing him. Never again. Yeah, right, I know, good, right? Good. <laughs> this guy sucked. No, um, so definitely you could see a complete difference of the comic book character and the film version because so slights, well, not slight. If you see, if everyone has seen the movie, the spoiler is the fact, the reason why our, the Crow character, Mark, wears a mask is because his eyes are gouged out. So when I really looked at... Um, him being like, I'll get into the mask thing later, but when going into the Mark character, it was more or less like, again, it, it was a basic Crow character. It was just revenge and everything else. But we knew that, okay, his main focus is he has to get his daughter back. And the right. only person that could do that with him is his partner, Caitlin. And with Caitlin, she could do it within the means of the law while Mark could not do it. Can, can do it outside of law because he's dead. Are, are, is anyone going to uh, charge a dead guy? <laughs> Especially a dead police officer. No one's going to charge that and no one's going to believe him. Just like, yep, you got to charge a dead guy? No. But um, 
what also came as an issue when trying to figure it out was we um we talked about do we need an animal wrangler for an actual crow bird for the film and it was like this is gonna be done in winter and we're gonna have a freezing crow and i just thought no, let, no let's actually let's actually try and figure out the first time we see this character and just like in the comic he rejects doing the revenge portion for the crow to collect more souls and everything else he wants to save his daughter so that's where we had this ticking clock for mark of when is his powers actually gonna just go away so once you first see him seeing caitlin in her home this is that moment where they actually have that like caitlin can't believe this is actually happening and that mark's alive ish but um he, he explains to her, this is what's happening. I need your help to find Isabel. So when we got to that point, we knew that, okay, where is like, where is Mark going to be in terms of his powers fading away? And does he get that final moment with Isabel? That's really all his, his uh, goal is, is to get Isabel safe and just out of harm's way. Right, right, right. Copy that. And uh, how long did it take to put on the the makeup once you once it's revealed? Okay, so um, Samantha Lacoste, great makeup effects artist, especially Jazz re- recommended her. Like that took only like twenty minutes every time. Yeah, okay. like 15, 20. twenty minutes. So whenever we knew that we had to do the scene with yeah. the gouged eyes, like we would shoot. I would have Jazz shoot something else outside or somewhere around while while being applied so they would she would uh put the spearmint gum on put the appliance on and then start blending it in to make sure right it looks like that's it um, short and sweet whatever works right and aaron would just the way we complicated just aaron just like jabbed like gouged my ass and just like scrambled it in there is Is there there any is there any bloopers or outtakes of you like doing your head like that and it just flies off or anything no, Sammy, like... Uh, nah, so Sam, Sam's too good for that. She wouldn't <laughs> Is there a blooper reel? Is there outtakes? Uh, that might I'm be sure there are outtakes, but I don't, I don't know, Kyle. Is that, that's, that's it wasn't thing. enough to... It wasn't enough to actually make To put it. together. Yeah, like, right, there, right, there's right. actually a small deleted scene that we actually took out, but it's not even a big scene either. Yeah. Yeah. You can just randomly release the scene of, of, of Isabel riding with the gun. <laughs> <laughs> Stop! Dude, dude, put that after the credits. No! <laughs> <It's> like, no! <laughs> oh, man, that's hilarious. But, uh, but, you know, since we're talking about your character, Kyle, um, inspirations for you. So... To, to, to the performance part of it. Yeah, the performance part-wise was, like... Oh, man, like, so... As most people would know now, if they since the film is out, it is um, dedicated to a former producer friend of mine that passed away a year prior. Mm. And when when I was like trying to put this film together, I understood exactly like the feeling that James Obar felt when he was writing the f- original comic, and even understanding like how the first film was made too, like the original Brandon Lee film, and. I don't want to say I was like that sad. It was just more or less I had to channel all that energy of like grieving within yeah. me and try and portray like this character to be like not 
not like Batman brooding, like with the, I'm Batman. I didn't want to do that. And even like, what was it? Our friend Brent, who uh, portrays Ken, he uh, he suggested some ways to actually portray it, but more or less like Jasmine helped me out to try and flesh out how I needed to stand, how I needed to move, even right up to how we actually, when he starts losing his powers during the final fight, how how those movements come from like you start seeing and then being blind, but also the side tack that you're actually trying to use the hearing and everything else, just touching around, trying to figure out where everything is and everyone is. And more or less like we, it helped out a lot to have Jasmine, like, like direct how I would do this properly. Even like telling me how I needed to portray because being, being an actor and director at the same time, it does, Sometimes, like you, you you get too much like in your head going like, okay, I need to do this, and then when you're in front of the scene, it's like, did that look good? Let's do it again. And I didn't feel that. I I'm glad that I actually have Jasmine to actually be my right hand to make sure that the performances were done properly. And then along the side fact that, yeah, even going into <laughs> the whole like grieving process, um, compared to Aaron who went full method, I actually. Um, <laughs> <laughs> All I did before every scene was like listen to metal. <laughs> I, yes. literally, I literally <laughs> like the same, the same like Static X song over and over again just to get myself in in the yeah. mindset. And then once yeah. I put on the mask, I'm like, "All right, let's do it." <laughs> and, then, and then we just nice. go at it. Yeah, love it, love it. Yeah. Nice, awesome. Were you uh, nervous with that scene at the end with the finale and getting getting closer to the, well the third act? With the shootout in the club, were you were you nervous in that sequence when you just came out double guns a blazing like you're chowing on fat and you know what I'm saying? I was like, what? <laughs> uh, uh, Look at this honestly, dude. yes, I was. I was literally because every time a firearm is in my hand, I always every time I use it in front of a take, and then I would just give it back to our our props right. guys, like take it away from me. I don't want to touch it anymore. I, I even say that to everyone on the crew. It's like, okay. If you're done using the firearm, give it to him. And even our fire pops firearms guys would like grab it and like, okay, thank you. And it's like, all right, gun them up. And they would always show that's empty beforehand. And like once there was like two days that we shot that club shootout scene, and uh, because we had Lauren for one day, and then the second day was all the stuff with me. Right. right um. Right. All I remember was doing that scene was just. I don't know how to describe it. It was, it was nerve wracking because I had two guns in my hand, but it, it slowly started becoming more frustrating because the one gun in my hand kept, oh, yeah. like slide, the slide kept coming back, and, and you can so see it in some some of the takes because yeah. I'm shooting away with the one gun, and then I'm glad I have the other gun. So I'm like, you know what? Screw this gun. I'll just do this, this, and then once I get to the one shot with with Raymond, I'll just use this one gun right there. But no, it. It became more or less like um, Jazz and I, we had to talk about um, can it be readable if I take hits or not even just taking hits like from the bullets, but even more or less like, am I just at that point of not giving a fuck about like, these guys are shooting me, I'm just going to kill all of you. And because we tried two different variations of those takes, but other than that, like in the end, we wanted to portray like this character was Gambion's just unstoppable to the end to the point where he's going to find his daughter 
And right, right, right. Uh, that's the mindset I had to get into, especially once the mask was on. Yeah. Um, it it just it. makes makes me feel more like I need to. It's just, like over the top with Stallone yeah. with the baseball cap, you know. Yes. He has to turn it when he turns it around like this. It's like exactly. a switch. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly. it. Turned it on. That was definitely like the moment that it was sort of like, okay, it's ramping up to the end, sort of. Yeah. Uh, and just to show that there is a time, there's time ticking. He doesn't have time, so he's super desperate and he's angry and grieving. Right. Um, but there is like this tiny sliver of hope. And he, but he might not get there. So that's why he's, you're right. He was just like, fuck it. I'm going to take all these shots. I'm dead fuck anyway. It. Yeah. That's um, it. And, and definitely yeah. the fi- the scene where we, like we, de- when we were figuring out the scene, um, we want, we didn't want to like do a shot for shot remake of the original Night Club scene. We said we wanted something, a, almost a proper homage, not doing it shot for shot. Right. But right, not right, only right. that, we took uh nice reference page from the original uh, comic book of the Crow Waking Nightmares where <laughs> the the henchmen just shoot Mark down and his mask pops off. And that was when we knew that, okay, this has to be that one oh shit moment right. for the audience to be realized, that's why he wears the mask. Holy yeah. fuck. Yeah. And that's where we just wanted it. everyone in the audience to go like, okay, everyone's fucked now. Nice. <laughs> Nice. So we definitely want that moment to as a big reveal of right. why. Right, right. Yeah, it worked too. It worked. It definitely <laughs> worked. You got more people calling out merch here, uh, Kyle, <laughs> Jasmine, merch. Uh, you got you got Trado here saying uh, he wants a poster. Come on, <laughs> let's make it happen. Uh, speaking of posters, I really enjoyed. Um, who did this for you? This was this is fantastic. This so, is a badass poster right here. So her name is Janelle Esqueda, and I found her on Fiverr through uh, my my DOP Daryl. He he referenced her on Fiverr, so that way, um, what happened was she did like a few of his posters back then for certain other shorts, and then when when we were doing the line and. And then when we get to this, we had Look one day. Guy. Look at this guy right here. Yeah. <laughs> Look at that. We got the, we got the smirk already. Yeah. yeah. I, I got no I got no comment well, on why. I'm gonna cut you. <laughs> I'm gonna cut you and you're gonna like it. That's and the face. Like it, I'm gonna like it. Yeah, I'm gonna like it. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Keep going. No, no, don't worry. And like we were we had one day where it was like one scene, even though it was like the most emotional scene between Alex and I and Mary, who plays Anita. But at the same time, we had this black backdrop. So our photographer, Heather, came out and I gave her a list of what exactly I needed for each poster. And everyone had had to do these certain poses and everything else, understanding that this is a character that I need them to portray. And definitely the inspiration came from like SPL Paradox's marketing campaign. And then once I got all those photos all together, I sent them to Janelle to actually put the posters together. And I had references of like okay spl paradox sicario <laughs> and basically right, that's right. how we came up with the whole marketing campaign of this is just gonna be not even just over the top like most movie posters are where your eyes are just like darting forward and everything else we... or they're really vanilla and generic that's exactly. a lot of posters now what exactly. mainstream hollywood posters they're very generic very exactly. just bland and, you know and but that's yeah, why ahead. we definitely wanted something that 
your focus is center point like just how the film is set up like everything is on center your eyes don't go anywhere else from top right. to bottom left right. to right but your eye light your sight line is on the center and you don't have to look anywhere else because you don't want to be doing this while that's why watching. the that's why the posters in the 80s are the best <laughs> right? shout out to the 80s mm-hmm. i mean come on some of the po- some of the some of the best artwork ever and some of the movies are like bad like some of the straight to video <laughs> movies <are something. laughs> but the posters like i mean the cover art's like dude this is gonna be awesome but yeah it's a lot it's vanilla now it's i just one of the my nitpicks of mainstream hollywood movies now even a lot of superhero flicks too very vanilla generic yeah, bland posters. It's like, come on, guys, you can do better than that. Uh, very nice of you to feature your stunt double here. Uh, I know, right? Stunt double gets his own poster. That's very I nice. know. What a jerk. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, you know, we had Alex talk about her embarrassing moment. So, do you guys have some embarrassing moments? Someone in chat just asked here. What's embarrassing moments on set? What? Besides your gun jamming or uh, the slide pile, <laughs> do you have any that's others? That's and mine. then we'll go. Is that yours? Or do you have any Yeah, I, I would say that's mine or. Yeah, that was mine. So that's why you went to one hand. Yeah. <laughs> I, I didn't even notice. I thought you just ran out of bullets in one hand and just shot with the other. I didn't even notice. See? Yeah. Good filmmaking. Aaron, funny moments. Any embarrassing moments or funny yeah, moments you remember? <laughs> okay. <laughs> So, yeah, what I learned is like, you know, especially on uh, minus 30 weather, <laughs> let's, it's, it's good to, you know, make the film go as smoothly as possible or else people have glare. Because there, there were a lot of times where I was like playing with a knife and I dropped it a lot of times because it was too cold, man. Mm. Oh, Alex, man. The, her glare... I can tell it. She's, she wants to kill me. Everyone else is ruining the take. Damn it, Aaron! Eight takes. Eight takes. When Alex is coming in, and then next thing you know, I'm on the ground and I hear action, and then here comes Aaron, like knife close to my head. I'm like, oh god, Alex, help! I'm just like, oh my god. Okay, act, 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 and then I hear, and Aaron's knife goes out of the corner. I'm like. We're all freezing here, Aaron. <laughs> I remember that Aaron and I were gonna do a, a like an outtake, I guess, when he was choking me out as a as oh my, my character. What what we planned to do because we thought it was funny. I'd be like, "Oh no, Daddy," or something. But we were too cold that we couldn't do it. Like, we were so cold that we were just like, "Just get the scene over with. Just do it." Like I don't care about anything. <laughs> I don't care about. Did you did you guys have to wear thermals underneath or did yes, you, did you we, yeah. okay man it didn't help huh no we had to take them all like not our thermals off we had to we had everything underneath our costumes and then once like we had our jackets close and then all right camera's ready you guys ready and we're like five more seconds and then <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah it was that bad it's like and me and, up to the point of action and me and Alex were talking about how how uh, like I'm I'm gonna eat a lot of onions because during the last take she was like right next to me so I wanted to like breathe in those bad breath. <laughs> 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 but, but we did get to do it. No, <laughs> that's hilarious. Like, once you're cold, you just forget about everything. Yeah, the like, only just thing you're thinking of is like it's so cold. It's so cold. Yes. <laughs> um, there, 
there, was, was wait, there was also that moment where like and I, I wasn't there at first but like did you kick the the door oh, to the, the shipping container and it didn't open oh yeah <laughs> oh no oh, me yeah, yeah. oh yeah <laughs> we were like yeah. action and then boom we're just like did, did anything happen <laughs> Yeah. I didn't know it was so heavy. I mean, you were also really cold. So yeah, yeah. I had oh, to... that's funny. I just remember Aaron filming that that scene, like a fighting scene or something. Like it was perfect, and then he drops a knife, and I was like, <laughs> like I'm screaming at the top of my lungs because I was so cold, and I was like, just do this scene because it happened so many times. <laughs> I Even I got scared, man. Holy! <laughs> when you and Kyle were going at it, Aaron, did that help a little bit with the heat? I mean, with the cold, with the when you guys were kind of going through the motions, or you guys were still freezing? Oh well, it helped a lot. It helped a lot. It helped a little bit. I, yeah. I, actually have, I actually have two stories. One. Okay. So, um, I didn't have the appliances on, but I just had the mask on when we were doing our fight scene. <laughs> and you, you think the the hard part the easiest part would be seeing through that mask and <laughs> seeing through the appliance would be harder. It's actually reversed because once the mask was on and we were doing our fight scene and eh, the lenses started fogging up. So I'm like, Oh fuck. And then once Jen said <laughs> action and we had always go on count. So I'm like, Oh God, please Aaron, don't just do this right. And then I'm like, action. And then we run towards it. I'm like, I can't see shit. Everything was fogged. I'm like, oh God. And then well, I just it kind of worked because it was messy. Your character was going blind. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. <laughs> but I was lucky that we went on count. And the second kind of embarrassing thing, which I wish we got on camera, was day two, where Aaron and I, we were blocked blocking out with the rest of the extras on the loading dock uh, scene. Oh. <laughs> and um, what happened was I was telling all the extras that, okay, once you see Alex, like, wind up this headbutt and hit him, I need everyone to go their guns up. So everyone ready? And the next day, oh, Aaron has his back to everyone. And I just like, okay, three, two, one, bam. And everyone just pointed their guns. I'm like, oh, shit, that is fucking scary. And everyone's like, oh, shit. <laughs> so everyone's just like <laughs> seeing all these Asians with guns shooting at us. like, <laughs> okay and then everyone else was like did anyone get out of the camera because I wish I wore my brown pants <laughs> <laughs> oh so, my goodness uh, right here fun. from the comment section we've got flicks snacks and nicks and knacks says honestly this movie looks dope thank great you. to see them on the show so you got some more fans here thank you alright everybody's busting up we got laughing crying emojis in the comment section right now <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, but yeah, any mem most memorable moments besides the ones you guys just talked about? You're like, <laughs> I'm taking this to the grave. I can't believe this happened. Taking this to the grave. <laughs> yeah. Alex, I don't actually say this, but <laughs> oh my god, what? I'm scared. I still have the picture of you doing this. What? I don't know if you remember it because you were so cold, right? <laughs> so you rushed into it. Uh, into the uh, uh, like indoors, and there's a heater fan on the floor, and you just <laughs> point your ass right into it, and you're just like this. <laughs> like, I'm so done. You're like, I'm so done. <laughs> I was cold. <laughs> Don't judge me. You're lucky you didn't fart. If you fart, um, I'm leaving the set. <laughs> 
Oh, oh my god. Yeah, go ahead, Jasmine. <laughs> oh, did you have one, Jasmine? Oh, no, it's just like for Aaron. I'm like, that's the most memorable moment for you <laughs> in all of production was just like Alex, like warming up. Like ripping it's because I remember, I think I like sat on the, the snow or something. So my butt was really cold. So when I would go to the heater, I would just put my butt there. <laughs> oh, my goodness. That was like our last night, too. Like, I think mostly what I remember throughout the whole production was the cold. Like, yeah. Compared That's to the, yeah, compared to everyone else, like everyone else went to warm up. Definitely during our like, our what's called our um, ninth or our second day that we were at the shipping yard, and this was like when we had everyone, all the extras and everything else. Uh, we were blocking everyone, every scene out just to show everyone what's going on, and then everyone would run inside to warm up and. I was just out there. Even my DOP, Daryl, had to run inside because he was cold. I'm like, okay, I'll just stay out here, set up the lights. Sure <laughs> All right, is everyone ready to go? Daryl's like, I don't want to go back out. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, how are you guys doing? Five more minutes. I'm like, okay, again, I'm going way outside. Everyone's just like, why the fuck is he going back outside? I'm like, I need to make sure this is going to work. And then I'm just sitting there going, I am nuts being outside here. <laughs> and, and we paid, like, once we... And not only that, every time we tried to shoot the scene between Alex and I, like the first the first night that we tried to shoot it there, yeah. it, it was too windy, so windy that we were just like, call it, call it, yep, mm-hmm. it's a wrap tonight. Then once we tried to figure out, okay, let's see if we could do it on the second last day. And no, it did not happen. And then there was the last day of filming. And that was like the last day where we had to get everything going. And again it was the most coldest night ever and here's alex and i just like okay we finally killed aaron, aaron do, do we have... i'm dead Aaron's we dead. had to lie in the snow to be a dead body so yeah just for one shot die. just for one shot but here here alex and i are and we were just like okay we need something to sit on and we had our mat there so we sat on the mat and here we had all the heaters like near us but it did not work you could see mm-hmm. us just freezing to the point where like oh god call action and then we just stop stop shaking and then we start acting <laughs> and then next thing you know i'm like all right last shot is literally our hands holding the mask and then i'm like how's that look how's that look and then, all right that's it <laughs> inside I I do remember one, and I guess another sort of funny thing about that uh, that particular take or that shot, because uh, we obviously had to like we had to point them so that the wind was blowing on Alex's face oh and my God. in her face, but that's worse because it's cold. Yeah. So she has all this cold air blowing in her face, and like we did our best to like we I think we had a hair dryer on her at one point, but like it wasn't really helping, and then. You know, I think we were maybe like two takes in, and then she's like, "I can't act because my face is numb." Yeah, <laughs> I think like my face was definitely frozen. It's because at least Kyle, he was kind of like lying down in my lap, and I was like, "Okay, I'm protecting him from the wind." <laughs> Me, my face, I have to look up directly at the wind. Oh and man! And my face was numb. 
That was so funny. Yeah. It's, it's like, okay, I can't tell if you're, if this is your grieving face or not, or if it's. <laughs> I was frozen. grieving in real life. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're going to have to show me that scene, Kyle, when we're off air of her running oh. away with shotgun. <laughs> and then, if I could find it. <laughs> okay, and then there was like the other stuff that we got, uh, I think, in, in prep. That was sort of like the scene when Aaron dies, and then like they both fall over because like Aaron falls over and then yeah, yeah, you know, like Kyle falls over, and then like Alex was just being because she was like, wait, wait, and then, <laughs> Aaron, and she was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I that was uh, I that think was camp was definitely one of the most memorable times. Yeah, yeah, because we got to have fun there. I guess because when it was cold, we didn't get to like be as silly, but when we were in boot camp, like when. I had to choose between Kyle and Aaron. I was like, Aaron, no! My killer! What? everybody. <laughs> it was really funny. Oh, how funny is that? Oh, man. It's good times right there. You guys are suffering for your art. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Worth it. Worth it. There you Definitely go. Definitely worth So uh, let's talk about the mask a little bit. Inspirations, Kyle. All right. So, again, um, uh, when we... Uh, from the original comic, one of the character, uh, one of the villains actually gouged out um, Mark's eyes. So when I was going through that, looking at the comic, and he writes on his sunglasses, "Dead Bird," and I just thought, "Can I do this? Can I get away with doing this in 2020?" Um, and I looked at Jazz like, "I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know how this is going to work." And I do want the gouged eyes, but I did not know exactly what type of mask I want. So. I was going through, okay, he's a police officer, and Jazz and I were going back and forth about it, saying, um, if he's a former police, if he's a dead police officer, would he have been a SWAT member, and could he get away with the ballistic mask? And we said, maybe that could work. And then once we had the ballistic mask idea, I started looking up Chinese and, Chinese and Asian-influenced, like, mask. And as you put it, uh, Samurai, which was the... Uh, Five Deadly Venoms. Now that yeah. I really watched Five Deadly Venoms, I was like, "Oh yeah, now that makes sense." Because the way we, uh, the way the mask that I show, looked up at was more or less like uh, almost like a samurai mask, but at the same yeah. time, it's more Chinese because like the color. We definitely wanted the color to be more Asian influenced too. Where I had to figure out, okay, what color would be Asian influenced, and apparently, gold and silver in Chinese culture means spirit so we were like okay let's nice. let's put that and it had to look like very more like darker but not too dark to the point where everything else and not only that i needed a more like i i was looking up inspirations of how the mask needed to look so again look at metal uh bands um slipknot's guitarist jim root was one of them his mask exactly like that is a prime example of like the progenitors of the jawline literally not being present and just having the face covered and then when static x came back we have zero's mask which really was more form-fitted and just needed to be exactly what we wanted yeah. and Originally during prep, um, when Jazz and I uh, were talking about this, and I know she'll slap me if I don't mention this, <laughs> which was, um, I wanted to figure out exactly, like, not just a ballistic mask, what did the mask had to represent, too? And I threw out, like, during prep, like, 
maybe <laughs> Isabel painted it when she was little and then gave it to him at the time. And she's like, that was a good idea. And I never put it in the script. And then yeah. when the first we were... draft, I was like, that was there. That's such a good like story thing. And then it just wasn't in the script. I'm like, that should be in the script. <laughs> until we got until we got to the final draft before shooting, which we um we were discussing it because she wanted to bring that that line back in a set in a way that it connected both Mark and Isabel together. So we actually started talking because of, we didn't, I personally did not like the original lines that were written for the, uh, for Mark and Isabel saying their goodbyes. So we had to figure out something else. And then when we, she proposed to bring the mask back and I was like, okay, that could definitely work. Yeah. It worked. That was a good scene. Yeah. It was really good. It was definitely one of those, like, we didn't have a lot of like they didn't really have a lot of scenes together because no. the whole the whole movie he's trying to find her so yeah. we had to build their relationship sort of in the background or sort of more subtly like that so him wearing the mask the whole time when you find out that you know there's just this really sort of subtle nod that she was the one who made it for him yeah it suddenly great. it makes so much sense why he put it on because he thought she was dead yeah. right because um, yeah. and then yeah so it made sense that was that great it was so important that was a great scene. And you know, you know, a short film does its job when you want more. <laughs> you know what I mean. And right after it was over, I was like, "We're thinking two guns and knife fighting and shotgun." You know, I wanted more, but that's that means how good of a job you guys did. But yeah, yeah, and and definitely like um, Jazz brought up this too. Like we when we were watching all the original films, including the sequels, <coughs> um, we, we discussed... <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Those movies don't exist. But... <laughs> right? We discussed the fact that in the sequels, why are they still using the same face paint? That is the actual face paint of Eric Draven and right. Brandon Lee. And we just kept figuring out, like, okay, this has to be different in its own character. And then yeah. we we definitely wanted sort of a homage to the to the original mask. So when you really look at the gouged eyes, I even proposed to Jazz when we were like looking at the appliance that maybe it's how like when he stabbed me in the eyes, gouged them out, like that's how you get the accents, the original accents right right on the eyes. And then you get the sort of the smile when the my character gets shot and the mask comes off. So you get that slight half smile. So there is like a subtle homage. And even when you really watch the original film, too we wanted that sort of feel of like the mask was coming off even more and more because throughout the film you see brandon lee's original mask just slowly coming off and here it's like okay that piece is shot off now this piece gets shattered from the fight and now you just don't see his you just don't see a mask and just his eyes now and we wanted to really have the audience feel like that you've seen this one thing it's horrific but now it's like it's all coming off to the point like it's doesn't mean it doesn't mean it's horrific it's more or less like you're feeling so much sympathy and that connection to mark that he's literally giving his all but we don't want him to die in this portion because we now have connected with him copy that yeah, yeah, yeah. it was very very well done that was awesome got yeah. some shots here let's look at some some behind the scenes shots yes here. so that's our stunt coordinator our awesome stunt coordinator <clears throat> daryl patrick came from toronto to do the first two days going over an action where um, 
Lauren is infiltrating the nightclub, the big ass nightclub that we have. <laughs> What's with me and big nightclubs, Jazz? It's like this nightclub has all these things in here. Yeah, but we, it's like a gangster nightclub, okay? They have right? all the money. <laughs> all the money to make all these things in there. But no, Daryl Patchett was awesome to work with. He, um, he, uh, we actually like discussed with him beforehand, and he just worked with us so well that we got everything that we needed with him working with us up for the two days. And then when COVID started like getting to be a big issue, he was grounded back then. And we had uh, Kristen Swoski who came out to help us out too. And she was awesome. Nice. And like, cool. it really worked out. So shot there. here's Lauren infiltrating the, the storage room to find the, find the clue later on, which then she gets caught by, by uh, Raymond and, and his henchmen, which, um, this is definitely in the beginning film of the film where Brent, who plays Ken, uh, vows to find Isabel while Lauren tells him, like, Chinatown is dangerous and just be careful because they won't treat you the same like how right. Mark and I used to work the beat. And even she is still not treated as equal as Mark was. So we really. So this was definitely when. <laughs> Raymond actually captures uh, captures uh, Lauren in the scene, and we discuss we discuss the scene that um, would the audience understand that this is sort of part of Jazz. Did we say this was part of Mark and and Caitlin's plan for her to get caught? Even though it was like, yep, it's cutting it real close to the point where she's gonna get killed here. But it, it was something. Yeah, that yeah, planned. we did talk about how that was like part of the plan because last time she's like, "You're late." <laughs> <laughs> Nice. Like we got some more behind the scenes here. Yeah, definitely. This was when she finds a clue. You see Sheldon, our great sound guy, and our great um, Steadicam operator uh, Pedro. He was just really awesome, like helping make like three shots into one. So you nice. can rarely like see that. Like all these shots were coming <laughs> together, and there's Daryl, who I blame for making this film happen. <laughs> but no, Daryl, our DOP is the most awesome guy ever. Like nice. he makes, he makes the film look as beautiful as we always wanted. And I couldn't ask for a better and, DOP. Yeah. That was one of the things that really stood out to me was how good the movie looked really. Mm-hmm. Like the, the cinematography of the movie is really good. Yeah. And the, you know, the, all the stuff at night, looked really good at night yeah. it's hard to shoot at night oh yeah you know a lot of people use that day for night bullshit yeah. which doesn't look right you yeah. can tell they're filming in the day yeah. and they just put a blue filter over it it's nighttime you know but yeah it looks the movie looks really good man like very very impressed with that and uh we have the boy band here yep the k-pop band <laughs> aaron and raymond with Yinan and jason the, the smuggle boys <laughs> The Smuggle Boys. <laughs> When's the album dropping, Aaron? Yeah, uh, probably next weekend. You know? Nice. Yeah, yeah. We love to cut you is the hit single. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, badass shot right there. Love that shot. Pretty badass. I can dig it. I can dig it. Got some more here. Oh, yeah. the, the, the stare down. What? Yeah, the full stare down. Like, what? We... We definitely wanted this scene to have that impact where um, Jess and I, we t- discussed the scene back then where what if um, 
we wanted Isabel to stare down at the guy that murdered her parents and mm. and not only that like is she gonna make a move here or is she not because she wouldn't be able to they wouldn't be able to escape so that's why they, she waits outside but we definitely wanted that moment to show that Isabel is definitely gonna try and take her revenge fully on Eddie in some part part way nice I think some of the motivation here for Alex's acting is she's just like you know, Aaron, if you drop that knife one more time, <laughs> you know, it's going to be me and you, buddy. Okay? Honestly, that, that, that is their, that was them 100% every time on set. Just them shit talking each other. And I was just like, <laughs> I was like, do I just separate you two? But no, it's, it's like, come on, out. Alex, come. Give me a hit right here. Come on. <laughs> we were, we were worked um, out really well getting into character. Out the film, so it's like, yeah. <laughs> What'd I you was say, just Alex? mad at Aaron for stabbing me in the face during practice. Yeah. <laughs> oh shit. Yeah. <laughs> oh no. He stabbed her in the face by accident. He actually stabbed me twice. Oh no. Twice in the rib. Where did he stab you, Alex? Where? Yeah, in the face when he's well, supposed where? to. When he's supposed to grab me by the neck, yeah. the knife oh. would always like hit me in the face. <laughs> oh, no. He he didn't know to flip the knife so that it was against somebody's neck. He just had it like, wait, wait I have a screwdriver here. Why? Don't ask me. Um, <laughs> he had it like this. Why? Around the neck like this, as opposed to turning his wrist. Oh, so I see. Poked her okay. In the cheek oh no. That's what happened. Or he was just, you know. <laughs> being method, uh, you know. He definitely as was. As <laughs> he wanted always. to. He wanted to like make you match your dad, right? Exactly. This great shot right there. Yeah, just giving you that free makeup, you know. <laughs> you I really appreciate it. <laughs> I, I don't think this one needs much more of an explanation. That shot doesn't need much of an explanation. We definitely wanted this one was definitely a interesting shot we had to do because Daryl was in the van with every every one of the actors and then had to follow them out without slipping because the van was slippery and the, the storage container. And then not only that, Alex had to kick towards the camera. Not kick the camera, but <laughs> I don't think you actually kick the camera, though, surprisingly. But yeah, we were spacing. I like um, this shot too. This is a good part of the movie. This, that, I like the dialogue here was great. Yeah, because we definitely wanted that kind of moment between between uh, Caitlin and Mark. Like, oh, so this was your plan. Great job. <laughs> like, <laughs> it was like, now it's not the time. <laughs> Did you get any information? But uh, definitely yeah. that shot is just like, well, we're in this situation. Great job. Yep. <laughs> it's mostly that. And of course, my favorite when you guys were throwing scene. down, that was good stuff. I, um, I will. I will definitely praise Jazz for doing the fight choreography with our woo, our friend Justin. Jazz, you rock! Because Thank like, <laughs> like she understood like what exactly we needed in this fight, the whole fight scene, and that's why we do a boot camp and a fight camp is so that way, Alex, Aaron, um, Lauren all got together, basically became a family. So that way, once once um we're filming, it's not like any egos would get like hurt or anything like that if they got hurt that's like okay you, you good keep continuing on the scene though because they need to learn how to actually act proper 
uh, like that one time Jazz and I did this one short, no, not even a short film, this other film that we spent right in, this actor did not give any sound. Like this car- this actor gets stomped and she just goes, oh. we're like, he just got stomped <laughs> on the stomach. Like, we're supposed to hear, oh God. But yeah. no, but everyone just had this like great energy to want to keep going. And yeah. the fact that everyone worked together, Jazz knew exactly how, they were going to move and how to choreograph to their abilities. And so jazz, how- you choreographed everything in the finale, like uh, uh, yeah. Lauren's fight and yep. Alex. Oh man. How yep. cool is that? That is awesome. Thank you. But yeah, that's, that was, that was one of my favorite things about the movie was, uh, everybody got it. Everybody threw down. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, that was definitely, we, we planned that from the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Um, yeah. And I, I didn't that. like, my sort of method is that I don't really like solidifying choreography until I can see the actors. So part of my auditioning process, or at least something that I'm trying to implement now is to do a movement assessment yeah. just so I can actually see what you can sell. Cause I don't want to give you a move that's so advanced that you can see it in your face when you're acting it. Cause then you can't act it. Cause you're like, right. I'm going to screw the move up. So I'd rather give you something easier so that you can like really sell the emotion of it. Um, yeah, so that was definitely something that I took into account as we were choreographing stuff. And sometimes it was just sort of like, okay, I do have a cool sort of idea, but I'll just see if the let's actors can with it. Yeah, but, let's let's see know. what happens. Uh, who who edited the movie? So we have a, a new editor that literally came out of nowhere that Daryl suggested. He's straight out of high school, and his name is Nathan Flores. And the, the kid is a prodigy. Like, he knew how to edit and color grade the film, like, looking exactly like that and me and him we we were actually right during pandemic we were all in lockdown and me and him sat down through here and we talked about how i needed the film and just like how everyone else prepped for their role i gave him the welcome package of like here's the original comic here's the actual comic that we're basing it off of here's spl paradox the whole theme of the film that we're following and usually i always i always did edits like I was up all night before the next day editing the film so that way we wouldn't have to shoot anything else the next day. Like, oh, we missed the shot. So right. I would have all that ready and then have a director's cut. And then I would give it to Nathan to say, okay, we could cut this down. This could be extended. Switch this around. Maybe this will work. And he did a great job editing with me to make sure that nice. we got that full emotion behind the whole film. Nice. And shout out to both of you. Uh, and th- I'm going to use this moment as a perfect segue right here. Hey, filmmakers of Snake Eyes. Hey, do you see? Do you get you get see the action? Hey, hey, editor of Snake Eyes, camera guy of Snake Eyes, you could see the action. Look at that! Isn't that amazing? Sorry, I had to take go, time go, out. Go, to- go. <laughs> Going back on that. Talking about that, actually, yeah. take time out to throw some shots. No, no, no it, it wasn't even that. Like, um, so during boot camp, we actually start prevising, and prevising is where we sh- actually shoot the fight scene, how it would be shot on the day, so we're not wasting time later on. So we actually set up the shots exactly what movements Jazz and I would work it out with Daryl to know. Okay, we need this shot to see this whole movement with the whole body seat. Make sure this knee is like hitting towards that <laughs> Aaron's knee there. And just so that way it's swing, like swinging up to see the kick being slapped down and then yep. the elbow connecting to Aaron's yeah. face. We, that was dope. It's definitely, definitely part of uh, the action direction part of it. Like most of that part of it, like the action direction happens 
during previs yes, just right. have to get like subtle like emotional tweaks on the day but most of it happens yeah during the previs because uh i was you know me and kyle and daryl were all sitting there working out how is your camera movement going to fit in because mm. daryl as the camera person is part of the choreography yes. so he needed to know the choreo just as well as everybody else yeah and there were sometimes because you, you know it. he would he would be like oh i know a kick is coming because we worked it out with him so yes. there was a move there was like a split second where he would start to move and then he would catch the kick perfectly because yeah. we practiced nice. with him and, so that yeah. we could catch it. And not only that, both Jazz and I, when we had the previs done and when we would edit the film later on, I would check with her to make sure like, okay, is this fight scene locked in a sense before we give it to the editor because we want exactly not to to what we had like in the previs. Yes, we did, but there were certain moments I'd like, could this be extended or not? And it was all timing so that way the audience still gets invested emotionally and everything else, what they're seeing, yeah. which we don't yeah. overextend on like certain shots. And yeah. then once we gave it to the editor, we said, this is, has to stay the way it is not compared to like everyone else that says, Oh yeah, because 8711 who do, has done John wick and every other Hollywood films, you see like how they made the John wick films and stuck to their pre visits. Right. And shout out to Brett Chan, who's, gonna be hopefully winning an emmy for warrior he previsited all those fight scenes in warrior and it ended up looking exactly what it looks like with the with the editor knowing so basically we need to make sure that our editor knew how the previs was but also how we edited the fight scene the way it's supposed to be and not chopped yeah. up like yeah because yeah. it's it's sort of like like it's just disheartening to see you have these amazing performers oh. that oh. are like physically like they spent so much time training yeah. and like and then to get it like perfectly done and then if you're there on the day you're like that was amazing and then they yeah. just screw it up in editing and you're like yeah. how dare you disrespect these performers yeah. this yeah. way and that's what, and that's when i said in my snake eyes review for the film i called it out i showed them in training the camera work of them in training looked perfectly fine it looked beautiful <laughs> and then you go watch the movie you're like oh, okay well they just botched all of that yep. so the reason why i was kind of chuckling over here to myself while you're talking <laughs> so kyle if you're bored you know what you should do you make a hollywood cut of night <laughs> the girl <laughs> night <Nightwatch. laughs> it, it, it would be do, one put in it, fake shaky cam during the be, fight and it would like, be one second edits. it would be, it would be so, one second it would be one second just like and then next thing you know, everyone's just like, what the fuck just happened? It's like, that is what happens when the studio takes over your film and fucks yeah. yeah, yeah. No, except except you can't even do this because you wouldn't even see it. It would be like, yeah. be like out yeah. of frame. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, oh, my God. I was just, that was bouncing in my head the whole time. I was just like <laughs> chuckling over here. You're probably like, what are you laughing at? Well, yeah, Hollywood cut of uh, oh, the film I watch. It would be hilarious. <laughs> Instead of three moves, it's just one. When you and you and Aaron come together, just, just, <laughs> that's it. It, it, it was just like run elbow, and then then somehow he kicks me down, and then that then we get you, Warren right in. You got to put no in the fake shaky shots. cam though. <laughs> yes, you got to do no that. No impact shots at all. No <laughs> impact shots. Shake the camera. Oh well, this was wonderful talking with all of you guys and having you here as guests. It's an honor to have you here, Alex. Are you still with us? Yeah. Okay. She's still mad at Aaron. I understand. 
but uh, yeah, it's <laughs> awesome having you here. And, and again, you know, suffering for your art, poor things out there in the cold. But hey, look at the results, right? And uh, I, I'm sure everybody had a blast yep. creating, you know, being creative, you know, acting, performing, training, filmmaking. And that's what it's all about. And, uh, you know, I'm very happy for you guys' success. And I did enjoy it a lot. And I keep telling people about it. They need to check it out. And that's why we did this stream today. Just yeah. to, I get to talk to the, the people involved and uh, spread the good news out there. And, and, cool. and, and, you know, other filmmakers or upcoming filmmakers, hey, take a look at the Crow Night Watch. All right? That's Especially perfect. aspiring ones that only have their phone. And they're, but they're getting the itch. Just like Alex got the itch to act. You know, they're getting the itch. Hey, we want to start making movies. Hey, watch the Crow Night Watch. All right. Actually, it's going to inspire you. Hmm? You just reminded me that when you said the Hollywood cut, what if I told you guys that there was another cut of this film? Aha. Uh-huh. Oh, right. I remember that one. Do tell, <laughs> my yeah. friend. So as like when we were shooting it at, or even before that, I was like wondering, how would this film look in black and white? So when we were done editing it, I looked at looked at the whole film. I was like, it looks good with, with the color grading and everything else. But then I was like, let's go back with that idea. And then you ready, Samurai? Yeah. Roll let's it. Let's take a little a sneak peek of what Kyle's talking about. highly respected member of the Winnipeg Police Service, Sergeant Mark Leung and his wife Anita have been murdered in their home. Their daughter Isabel has also been reported missing. You probably have less than 48 hours before Isabel is sold off. They are going to And when they do, we need to grab everyone who is willing and able to fight back. You don't know what real pain is. I'm talking about monochrome. Love it. So, definitely a black and white version. Well, you won't get a uh, Jared Leto talk about society scene, but <laughs> it's the exact same film, but in black and white. But yeah. it feels emotionally, it feels very different when you watch it in black and white. Yeah. And we are very proud of it. It's like we are yeah, definitely it proud of this different. film. It definitely it's different. So, and someone did ask um, where you could find it. So you could go to Vimeo.com slash black ice 140 slash night watch and then for the monochrome cut just add monochrome after night watch and i believe samurai you have the link in the description that's right it's in the description box guys check it out it's for free that's right it's free right yep yeah. it's free yeah, it's free. free so it's for free everyone. share it share get it, it out there share it, it. that's right we marco g all. says uh, beautiful knife work look at that aaron yeah, look at that that's that. fans here <laughs> yep. <laughs> Alex is like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But <laughs> no, you didn't see it in the recap. Yeah. yeah. I don't know why everyone thinks Aaron is so great. <laughs> so, I'm just so. kidding. He is. He's an amazing actor. So fun to work with. We had a same, lot of good times. same with you, too. I think we had a lot of good times. Like, I think we did. We a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
I gotta watch that monochrome cut, man. Mm-hmm. And I, I have a feeling I'm actually gonna like it better. So, which is it's awesome. I definitely gotta check it out. I'm already digging. I'm already digging it in the trailer. I like it. I can dig. I can dig. Uh, this is going to be an awesome version. Make sure you guys check it out. And again, I don't want to keep you guys too much. I know you guys oh, are busy. You got parties to do. You got vacations. <laughs> you got rest. Alec needs a rest. Yeah. That's right, Kyle. You ain't doing nothing. I'm always busy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, thanks again for all of you hanging out here with the Samurai today and talking movies. Make this your second home. We always tell our guests this. Make this your second home. Come on back whenever you guys uh, feel like it. Just call me. I'll be like, I want to come on the show now. I'm like, all right. Make it happen. <laughs> yeah, you but, get, you uh, yeah. Did, you it was, uh, it was awesome to have you guys. Toy Story is his best movie. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Toy Story, yes. Toy Story. Uh, I love but Toy yeah, Story. Alex, Jasmine, Aaron, Kyle, always a pleasure having you here. Thank you. See you guys always. in the future, I, I'm sure. Uh, you yep. guys will be here back. So chat, Movie Dojo Army, make sure you check out the monochrome cut. Watch the movie, enjoy it, share it. Keep watching movies. And uh, speaking of movies, we're going back to horror. And all you horror comedy fans, join me. And Lindsay yeah. tomorrow at 4 p.m. It's going to be hilarious. It's going to be a hilarious time. <laughs> he just wants his machete back. Is <laughs> <laughs> Jason X really that bad? Join us tomorrow at 4 p.m. Pacific time. We're going to be having fun talking movies, going back to the horror genre. We love action, martial arts, and horror here. That's how we do it. And uh, keep watching movies. Keep being yourselves. Keep being badasses. Keep knife training. Just don't <laughs> drop it like Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, we'll see all you badasses next time. Take care, guys. Don't go anywhere, guys. See you guys later. See ya.